People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Visit redbarninc.com slash coupon to save a dollar off your first can. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations That Heal. This is Susan Jacoby, an international spokesperson shifting the global consciousness of childhood trauma on the adult survivor. I hope today's show brings you some comfort and healing from any and all childhood trauma. My guest today is David H. Newon. He is a PhD, and he is also a tumor biologist who is interested in figuring out why childhood trauma increases a person's risk of cancer during adulthood. His research seeks to make predictions about the biological mechanisms linking childhood trauma and cancer. Dave is also the founding editor-in-chief of Cancer Insights Magazine, which is a free public health e-magazine. It is available at cancerinsights.org. It talks about the deep connections between childhood trauma, cancer risk, and also social injustice. You can learn more about Dave at cancerinsights.org. Dave and I will be discussing the impact childhood trauma leaves on the physical body and how we all hold options to soothe our internal stress levels. Welcome, Dave, to Conversations That Heal. How are you? I'm excited to have you on our show. Hi, Susan. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I have a lot of questions for you. I find this a fascinating topic. I've had other guests. We've briefly touched on the connection between uh, the impact the trauma has on our physical bodies, but you sound like you're going to be able to take us into a much deeper conversation about that which I think will be a really good education for our listeners. Before we get started, can you briefly share with us your story and how you came to get involved into this work? Yeah, I am a tumor biologist, and I've done a lot of research at UC Berkeley, Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory, and New York University School of Medicine. Uh, And when I began to hear about the massive scale of human trafficking, uh, out of curiosity, I started looking into the medical needs of um, these victims, right? Uh, They're starting with uh, domestic violence victims and so on and so forth. And uh, when I finally came to the papers uh, showing that people who experience childhood trauma have autoimmune disorders, I then made the prediction that childhood trauma would also increase your risk of cancer. Why? Because I knew that the immune system was a very important part of cancer, right? It can help cancer or it can fight cancer. Uh, And anything that affects your chances of autoimmune disorders will likely affect your chance of cancer. So I made the prediction that childhood trauma would be linked to cancer. We started uh, Cancer Insights Magazine a year before these two major papers came out proving that point. And so um, that's how it started. And let's just say that uh, I feel very vindicated by the epidemiologists who published those papers showing the actual link. Uh, But now uh, we are catching the wave and starting the wave ourselves too of educating the public about how childhood trauma will increase our risk for many diseases, including cancer. You know, I don't expect there to be an answer for this. I find it fascinating because childhood trauma has been going on for 
centuries. I would even venture to say thousands of years. And while we can never answer this question, wouldn't it be interesting to see how long that connection has been going on and how how much it has impacted our um, social development of of generations? Yeah, it's been going on for a long time. But the thing about cancer is that um, it's a disease of age. You know, you have to live long enough to get it unless you are genetically predisposed like your family has a certain mutation that's passed on, then childhood trauma will likely speed that up when you get cancer. But for a long time, uh, people are living longer now than they ever did before. And so that's how we can uh, rigorously show and know now that childhood trauma experienced something, you know, before the age of 18, before the age of, you know, 12, would actually increase your chance of getting cancer once you're, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old. Um, In terms of Trauma leaves physical marks on uh, your DNA, your genes, right? It's called epigenetic. And we've known this um, through many different studies of pregnant women who were stranded in thunderstorms and were um, malnourished, right? Or people who are obese and have children and uh, the obesity marks their genes. It marks their sperm and their egg. And that same mark is in their children, right? And that mark is not present in people who aren't obese or you know, we're not exposed to that traumatic condition. So uh, it is true that you are the result of uh, your parents' behavior and their experience. As you were talking, I was thinking about the listeners who might be listening to this, and I could just feel this sense of panic come over them, especially since you, you know, were saying that cancer was a disease of age. And I'll be upfront about this. I know very little about cancer. So if you find some of my questions immature, bear with me on that. I'm just thinking about the people who are listening to this and and starting to freak out. Am I going to get cancer or how do I know if I have it? You know, I'm sure that you've run across people that have that same panic, have you? And, And if you have, what do you say or do to soothe them? That's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Yeah, Cancer Insights is not uh, just a doom and gloom magazine, as in we just tell you that, yeah, childhood trauma increases your risk of cancer. There actually is a lot of things you can do about it to protect yourself and to um, treat yourself, right, if you've gone through uh, traumatic experiences. And it has to do with, you know, therapy, talk therapy, art therapy, meditation, mindfulness techniques, stress management techniques. Um, it was recently shown, uh, I think two, three years ago, that a study in which they took people who were diagnosed with breast cancer and one group went through a several week, like a nine week, you know, once a week uh, group meeting to discuss how their feelings, uh, the concerns, right? And the other group just had a, you know, a one day, six hour or so training session, right? And the difference was that um, they took white blood cells from uh, both people in both groups. There was less damage in the group of people who went through the nine week program you know, compared to people who just had a six-hour, you know, one-day session, right? And and why is that the case? Well, people think it's because if you lower your stress levels, you lower your stress hormones. And so all the cells in your body, they're just not bathing in high levels of, you know, stress hormones, right? And so something like telling your story to a trusted friend, right, to a therapist, uh, learning mindfulness techniques to calm yourself down, right? Things like that, um, they can dramatically lower your stress hormones. Uh, and that changes uh, your entire body, changes your brain too. I agree with what you're saying, and I talk about that a lot on my show. I'm wondering if there's even a way to judge this question. What would the measure in time be on how long someone could 
feel a sense of comfort from doing these exercises and knowing that their stress levels have decreased a little bit. Is there even an answer to that question? I don't think there is a study um, showing, you know, how many hours of meditation per week will it take to reduce your risk of cancer if you were abused as a child. No one has done something that specific, but I'm pretty sure that there's research out there showing how, you know, certain amounts of uh, meditation or yoga, stuff like that, will decrease your your subjective uh, feelings of stress overall, like through surveys and things like that. Uh, As to how it reduces how much, say, you know, six hours of meditation a week lowers your risk of cancer. I don't think there's a study that uh, has shown that because that uh, maybe it's ongoing now because that would take, uh, it'd be a a sizable study in terms of how long it would take and how many people it would take to do it. I I don't think there is a a study that directly addresses your question, but there are studies that uh, hint at the answer. Thank you for addressing that. Dave, we do have a caller, and let me uh, let me pick this uh, this caller up and see how we can support them. Hi, how can we help you? I had an aunt call me a few weeks ago before Mother's Day and tell me that my mother never loved me as a child or as an adult, that she just put up with me to have me in her life, and I'm having a hard time coping with life at all because I spent my whole life doing for her, trying to make her happy, trying to please her, and spent every penny I had on doing things for her, and I thought I made her happy. And I can tell you that I went to her workplace, and she'd worked there for 27 years, and they said to me, I didn't know you had another daughter. So that kind of sealed the deal for me, having my aunt do that, and it's devastated me. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I'm uh, sorry to hear that uh, you had to, you know, you learned that in such a shocking way. I don't know how to go on anymore. Are you in therapy? Yes, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, Dave, do you I mean, want to I talk know. about this? I have some thoughts about that. I haven't worked with and talked to a lot of people who experience different types of trauma throughout their lives. I mean, I'm not a licensed therapist, but I can certainly say that um, when you come to such a um, fundamental hurt, type of hurt like this, uh, it takes time to recover and it takes uh, the help of others, you know, therapists, and spirituality, for, for different people, they need different things, right? Uh, you know, spirituality or religion will help you deal with this pain that it's just so deep. And also a therapist who uh, will listen and help you unpack, you know, your past, your present, and help you find yourself in the midst of that. Find the identity that does not change, regardless of what the hurt is or what happened, uh, just to, uh, you know, help you to... I guess regain your bearings, so to speak. So that that would be my uh, my two cents. And I, you know, I would add that at this point in your life, everything that you have done for your for your mom or anyone else who's been in your life has been about, at some level, your integrity and the and the intentions that you set for yourself have been to show your love for them. What I would suggest to you is that, and, and I get that this is very painful. I, there is an enormous amount of betrayal that's coming up for you, I'm sure, even perhaps abandonment issues. But what's really important to look at, from my point of view, is what are your intentions? Because the truth of the matter is, is that this is your life, and she chose to make the decisions that she made, um, and now it's your turn to embrace yourself someone who holds higher integrity or you wouldn't have been so compassionate to 
taking care of her. I would really focus on living your life and not abandoning your needs, which also means your pain, your the betrayal, the grief, all of that stuff is underneath that. And, and that is all a way to get the pain out of your system. And like what Dave was saying to release some of that, some of the trauma. Have you, um, have you looked into some of the things that, that Dave was talking about with mindfulness or uh, meditation or, you know, anything like that? I've been trying to meditate. It's very hard to sit still. My mind is, I'm one of these people that can't even watch TV. I have to be doing five different things. There are coaches out there, and maybe Susan's one of them, uh, who they themselves are survivors of uh, childhood trauma or just trauma. They do coaching over the phone in terms of helping people cope with their own personal pain. You might look into uh, those type of services. If you're comfortable, drop me an email at Susan at conversations at heal dot com and we can we can talk about this further and and see how I can support you. But above all, I really hope that you can hear this when I say to you, this is not your fault and that you are a lovable and capable human being. This is has nothing to do with you. This is about a situation that you were brought into. So I would encourage you to treat yourself like you had the flu or something, be kind to yourself, like you were mm-hmm. like you were sick. Just because you're not, have a fever and chills and stuff, uh, doesn't mean that your body isn't going through some kind of trauma. Oh, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Thank you. So, that does um, make- yeah, I'm glad that, um, that you called in. You email me if you want to talk about this further, and please be gentle with yourself. Thank you so much. No one's ever said that to me. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll talk to you later. So, Dave, thank you for, for helping the, the caller um, and, and me work through uh, some of that trauma. You know, unfortunately, I think that happens um, a lot more in our society than or even the world than we're even aware of or perhaps mm-hmm. even the person involved is aware of, which is very sad and yet also the truth, which is one step ahead of unraveling the pain of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we go back to the the magazine Insights, Dave um, invited me to be a writer for the June issue, which I was very flattered and honored to do. And I noticed that they they not only talk about cancer issues, but Dave, I want to ask you about like what are some other social issues that that you talk about, and why do you combine them with the cancer? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, since we know that trauma is linked to cancer, then in order to have a holistic view of the problem, uh, we wanted to talk about all the factors that influence trauma, right? And those factors include poverty, right? Uh, lack of education, exposure to, you know, chemicals, right? Such as the Flint water crisis, right? Uh, certain ethnic groups or certain parts of town or the city, you know, just don't have access to services, or they are exposed to certain dangers, right? All of which uh, work together to basically create a profile of trauma that includes physical trauma, the trauma of witnessing, uh, you know, emotional trauma, witnessing violence, um, losing loved ones to violence, witnessing loved ones struggle with drug abuse or addictions. All of that increases a person's risk of cancer. And so it's similar to how if you want to um, 
treat the epidemic of lung cancer. One thing you can do is create better drugs and chemotherapy. But another thing that you can do is, you know, do um, advertisement campaigns to get people to stop smoking or to smoke less, right? And so the problem has multifaceted uh, answers. And so as a magazine, we talk about social issues uh, to let our readers know that um, to give them a holistic understanding of the problem, uh, that it's not just something that we're going to rely on scientists to do and doctors to do, but anybody, uh, including their next door neighbors, right, uh, will be able to affect someone else's cancer risk by teaching them, uh, listening to their story, uh, helping them cope with stress, uh, helping them heal, things like that. So we want to empower our readers by letting them know that if they can affect a social factor that causes trauma, then they can help someone's uh, risk of cancer. I'm glad that you're combining all of those because none of this is just a, a one trick pony. You know, it's all combined. It all builds on itself. And, and to expose all of it, I I think that's where the the real healing can begin or, you know, expose it for what it is. I want to um, switch gears a little bit here and, and really dive into this connection between um, the childhood trauma and diseases. And I, and I know that we talk on that a little bit. I want to ask you a few biology questions and then get more focused on specific examples. The first one is, how did you find that your biology research, what backed it up to making the connection that the trauma and the diseases, cancer, heart disease, are connected. Again, I know that you touched on this a little bit, but perhaps you could go a little deeper into that answer. My research um, was on how stem cells were involved in forming tumors or cancers. Uh, and, and there's a concept called uh, cancer stem cell or tumor-initiating cell. And as I understood and studied uh, the tumor and all the other cells that are in the tumor, including the immune cells, Right. I kept working my way. I followed the trail of uh, connections in research. As a tumor biologist, I knew that the immune system was a very important part of a tumor. Right. And then as I uh, was reading on you know, the immune system, I read about autoimmune disorders. And as I read about autoimmune disorders, I read papers that showed that prolonged mental health, a mental stress, right, affects your immune system. Okay. And then I kept going backwards. So what causes mental stress? Right. And eventually I ended back at childhood trauma. The papers that talk about how people who experience childhood trauma have increased risk of mental health disorders. Okay. And so I backtracked from immune systems in the tumor to the types of trauma that cause people to have prolonged mental health problems that then, you know, warp the immune system. And so that was how scientifically the magazine came to be. And uh, and of course, in my research, we know that stem cells in our bodies, they have memory, right? Stem cells, they replenish our skin. Stem cells replenish the uh, the lining of our intestine that sloughs off. Okay, stem cells replace the hair. That's why our hair keeps growing. And so during our young age, when we experience a traumatic event, our body is bathed with stress hormones. Those stress hormones, they cause the DNA inside the stem cells to be marked in certain ways with certain chemicals. And that chemical mark changes how that gene works. As a stem cell, once it's gone through traumatic experience, okay, it is marked. And so every single cell that it produces from it, right, a stem cell is like a mother cell that produces, you know, offspring, baby cells, right? And so each baby cell is going to have the same 
damage mark that the mother cell had. That's why when you experience trauma during your childhood, that's when all your stem cells are growing, right? They themselves are producing more stem cells, okay? And so they're just more susceptible to uh, any damage that would happen to you during that time, right? Such that, uh, and stem cells over time as you age, they get tired, right? Just like our whole bodies get tired and our immune system gets weak, right? Uh, same thing happens to our stem cells because they're just exhausted, you know, and it's in our old age when they're exhausted that they begin to break even more. And that's when the cancer arises. Not only are the cells marked with the damaged DNA, right, but when the other things start going wrong, then it creates a breeding ground for that damaged DNA to turn into something like cancer. Wow. That is just mind-boggling and amazing, the damage that trauma puts on our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know this is going to sound like a, I'm almost embarrassed asking this question, but I'm going to ask it because someone else may be thinking it too. Could you explain to us in a, in a layman position what stem cells are? So stem cells are, so every single tissue in your adult body, say, you know, your muscle, your skin, your bone, right? Those started as, you know, cells, right? Cells that, uh, stem cells, they contain the information to form every single layer of skin in your body, right? So they reproduce themselves, right? And then their offspring, okay, their uh, children then uh, divide again to then create your skin, right? Your skin has multiple different layers and each layer has a different job, you know? But all the different jobs, all the cells that do different jobs, they came from one stem cell. The stem cell, think of it as the mother cell, right? That has the potential to become any, you know, type of cell. When you damage that, cell, the mother cell, then all the future offspring that come from that cell will also be damaged. That makes sense? Yes, it does. I've never heard that before. What I have heard is that when a child, let's say a child is a five and get, gets attacked, gets abused, and I do know that the development of the brain of a five-year-old get derailed, I'll say derailed, because of the trauma. Have you heard that before? Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, if it's if it's a physical trauma, then of course trauma to the brain. But even emotional trauma, right? It stunts. Yeah, the that's like sexual abuse or brain. something. Emotional abuse it stunts the physical brain. And the amazing thing is that I know of current uh, neuroscience research showing that the mind can actually fix the brain, how the the brain is wired, right? And and which is the power of mindfulness techniques, right? That somebody can under a stressful situation stop, count from ten to one, and then be calm. Why? Because they trained their, their mind, has trained their brain to respond to the mind as opposed to the other way around, right? Your brain freaks out because of a stressful situation, right? And so it releases the normal neurotransmitters that cause your body to be ready to survive and to run or to fight, right? But then your mind can stop that and reverse it, right? And that's the key to uh, mindfulness techniques. How we control our own control of our emotions and our thoughts can actually rewire our physical brain. But I've never made the connection between our actual physical stem cells, what you were saying. I mean, it's, it's no wonder that it's so hard to uh, reclaim our lives from trauma, especially, you know, the severity of, of some of the trauma that we go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty miraculous that we even survived, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot about human biology and just biology in general that uh, we're yet to discover, and we're only beginning to discover, uh, and in terms of our ability to heal. And so, yeah, there's still a lot to be done, and I think there's still a lot we're going to learn, and 
what we're learning now about taking people's uh, bone cells, turning into stem cells, and reinjecting them, you know what I'm saying, to heal themselves, right? That That's a you know, current hot topic in stem cell biology, and there's many cases of you know, near miraculous healing, so to speak, right? And so uh, that clearly suggests that, you know, we have an incomplete understanding of how, uh, you know, human physiology works and what its limits are, uh, which is exciting and hopeful. It, yes, it is. There's, I want to talk to you more about this mindfulness stuff, but before we do, I, I was noticing when we first started talking about this section that you made a comment about, you know, the tumors and then, I can't remember exactly what you said, but my thought process was to ask you about someone who's abused as a child. Does that mean that they should panic that they're going to be, they're going to get cancer or something similar to that? But then as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, the reverse of that, if it's someone who has a tumor and isn't aware of any child abuse history, flashbacks, memories, that can be pretty devastating to hear findings, the, the truth, the reality of our world, mm-hmm. I would encourage people to be gentle with themselves and not to jump to immediate conclusion. But Dave is just sharing what he has found in all of his research. Yeah, definitely. And and the thing about uh, the power of the mind is that um, the mind has ability to let go and to hope. And something magical happens when a person, say, they discover a sudden, you know, something traumatic about their past, uh, traumatic in their lives. They go through, you know, stages of mourning and uh, grief, and then, but there's hope. And that hope, confiding in a trusted, you know, person, telling your story, embracing that story, that has a lot of healing power to it. Yes, it does. It does. And, and it can be a very long process. So, you know, I don't want people to think like, uh, why haven't I gotten over this, you know, in a month or a week or whatever? I mean, it's taken me almost 20 years. I'm not saying that's going to take everyone else 20 years, but I just want to underline that, that it is a process. Let's I was going to say, I went through four years of uh, depression myself, so through uh, personal uh, relationship betrayals, and uh, and that was just, you know, relationship betrayals, and that took me... Into four years of it, and it took me say three years to recover from that. So you know, and, and that's not childhood trauma, right? So I can't imagine how hard it is for somebody who to experience it as a child and have to deal with it. Well, thank you for for opening up about that. And for someone who has, I'll tell you, it's really hard. <laughs> mm. I mean, I've broken bones, I've had children. The, the energy that it takes to reclaim my life has been. It hasn't compared to that at all. However, I will say this, and this I think is really important for people to hear, unlike breaking bones, yes, there were lessons to like why I broke the bone, you know, but, but the bones broke and they healed and now that's that. With the trauma recovery, every single step that I took, I have learned a lesson. As I look back, it's become invaluable the lessons have become like gold to me. And it it amazes me how they build on one another. I guess, I mean, there are gifts in everything that we do um, and experience. The mindfulness, you know, when you were talking about that, 
it, it reminded me, uh, and like the caller was saying, you know, she was having trouble meditating and stuff. And, and I can understand that because um, I've had the same experience. So I remember the first time I, I heard about mindfulness, my therapist was, was explaining it to me. And she actually used the scenario of, and I don't know if they still do this, but, you know, the Japanese uh, women, when they, they pour tea, that's a ceremonial, very intentional act. I came up with this mindfulness thing. It was in the fall um, that, that she was telling me about this. About And I remember walking out of her office. I started to notice the leaves, which way the wind was blowing them, you know, when one fell down, where it went, how it got the way of it, you know, and all of that is mindfulness. It's not like you have to declare yourself being mindful. It's just being more aware, which will bring you more into your present world, which I think that's what this is all about. Would you agree with that? Definitely, yeah. I think uh, what you described about being present in the moment, seeing the details of, you know, the color of the book on your table, how the dust feels on your hand, sound of the wind, how it sounds like exactly. All of that thing makes you, I think, as I have uh, heard, uh, detach yourself from the uh, thoughts that are running inside your head, the, the habits the thinking patterns inside your head and when you can distance yourself from it like that you're able to see the thoughts as just thoughts and not you right you see yourself separate from your negative thoughts and that is uh, one of the initial steps of being being able to control and not be controlled by your thoughts it's interesting that we're going this direction it brings me to the um, the idea of these thoughts that are running through our heads I remember years ago I was listening to these thoughts and I, or these voices, I'll call them, not like I was schizophrenic voices, but chatter in my head. And I remember at one moment thinking to myself, wait a minute, that's not even how I talk. You know, I don't even talk to my, my cat like that. I'm really examining whose voice is that. It really frees you from thinking that you're doing this to yourself because the more you can really focus on that, listen to that, then you know the source of evil and the and the lies that are behind that evil statement that's been planted in your head. If you take a moment and write out all of those thoughts that are running through your head, um, we'll call them, you know, the negative comments or whatever you want to call them, you know, just write them out on a piece of paper. When I do this exercise, I was really surprised at how mean uh, and cruel that these sentences, these thoughts are that are running through my head, you know, and, and this was coming after years of my healing journey, you know, it was quite the awakening to like, whoa, and then like counteract that with what compassionate statement you can bring to those thoughts. The thought would be like, oh, you're no good. Yes, I am good, and everything that I learned, I learned for a reason. If you can't come up with something for yourself, which um, can be very hard to do, you know, ask a friend, a therapist, anybody who knows, anyone you know values you. Mm-hmm. Have you had any experience with that or, or suggestions on how to further that? Support groups and having support all in your journey. That's a really good um, observation, a good contribution, the support groups. Group work is very useful when, when you're processing all of this. Before the, the hour gets away with us, I, w- I want to talk to you about something that Dave and I talked about when we were preparing for our time together. 
And I think that you're going to tell me that because you've educated me a little bit more that this has to do with the stem cells that you were talking about. But this idea of like connecting arthritis with the energetic distress in our bodies. For example, uh, like I shared with Dave, and I I think that I've shared this on the call on the show before, that um, I have arthritis in in my hands, and uh, it's only in my hands. And for years, I felt like, like all of the anger inside my body didn't know where to go and it ended up in my hands and, and there was nowhere else for it to go. Um, so it just built in, in my fingers. Um, and then fast forward like five, eight years, I learned that anger is held in our feet, our, our hands. Um, and I'm just wondering, um, since I have you on the phone, if, if you know how energetically the two are connected or, our cells and the, in, and the energy, the chi that runs through our body. I can't say much about um, the energy and chi uh, that runs through our body, though um, I'm certainly open to um, a type of energy that uh, that we call chi. I think uh, no one's yet to measure chi. You know, through technical talk, you know, it might be that quote unquote energy. It might be just uh, what physiological effects correlated with, you know, uh, different mental states, but nonetheless, she is a useful way of characterizing it. And I mean, I can't say anything specific about um, why your energy would be centered in your hands or why your stress would be centered in your hands. I know other people who've written their survivor stories um, for the Cancer Insights said that when they're stressed, they would uh, break out into a rash, right, and get lupus, right? Uh, and have other issues whenever they get stressed, right? And it only happened after they went through that trauma, right? So, and all those things, a rash and things like that, you know, um, flushing of, you know, swelling of uh, joints and things like that, uh, that has to do with your immune system, right? Uh, Just like when you uh, bruise yourself or cut yourself, right? Um, Your immune system, uh, you know, kicks in and there's swelling and redness and tenderness in the area, and all of that is to help um, your body, your immune system fight off infection and, and heal your tissues. But of course, when you've gone through a traumatic experience, your immune system then overreacts, right? And it doesn't know when to stop and it can't tell, you know, friend from foe. And so uh, you have chronic inflammation, which causes things like arthritis and, you know, autoimmune uh, disorders. And so I'm not aware of anybody who has uh, directly studied the connection between what we call things like chi you know, compared to uh, immune effects, uh, but that doesn't mean they're not out there. Uh, they're just not mainstream researchers, which is not to say that the research isn't valuable. Major discoveries throughout the history of science, most, the majority of them did not come from mainstream science or mainstream scientists, right, during that time in history. And so, uh, so definitely, yeah, there's something about the energy, the mental state, our mind, some people call it our souls, and how um, it interacts with our bodies, our physical bodies. It's a fascinating topic. I mean, it just invites everybody, the listeners, to be open to other possibilities than the possibilities we've limited ourselves into. And, that, and I'm not, I'm not putting any judgment by that. You know, it's, I mean, everybody does it. The, the human nature to keep yourself in a, in a quote-unquote box. Uh, I think it's called the Johari window. You know, what you know, what you don't know that you don't know, you can Google it. It's J-O-H-A-R-I. This is really one of those occasions that Dave has brought to light of things that we don't know 
that we don't know, and, and they're very educational, and it really brings in a sense of a new compassion to the effects uh, any trauma has had on our, on our actual bodies. Dave, I want to give you some time to talk more about the Insights magazine, specifically how people can support you. Could you spend some time talking about that? Sure, yeah. So there are um, four general ways that readers can support us. First is uh, we have many fundraising partnerships for online shopping. So our website has a uh, coupons page. You look for the coupons tab. And there uh, you can get, if you use the coupon code, you can get discounts off of things like gift baskets to dresses to sporting gear. And, of course, when you shop and save, we get commission from uh, those fundraising partnerships. The second way of supporting the magazine is uh, if you're a business owner that accepts credit card payments, we can lower your credit card processing rates and end up saving you a lot of money. Uh, You can contact us for more information or go to our uh, coupons page at the bottom or our donate page and read more about the the details there. Uh, Thirdly, you can follow us on Facebook and share our articles. Just let people know, spread the word that we're here uh, and that we are a resource to help uh, you and uh, your community. And lastly, the fourth way is just traditional donations, which you can uh, do by check, uh, mail a check, or uh, PayPal on our website. See, the next issue comes out in June sometime. We publish it in June and November or December. We do have a window of time which we publish. Uh, so it could be mid-June or end of June. Uh-huh. So if uh-huh. you uh, follow us on Facebook, we'll announce it. Once it goes live, we announce it. Is there like a sign-up place on, on your Facebook page that people um, will get direct information that it's been released, or is it best just to yes. be on the lookout? If you go to uh, our main website, that's uh, cancerinsights.org. That's cancer as in C-A-N-C-E-R-I-N-C-Y-T-E-S.org. Uh, the front page will have an email box to sign up for our mailing list. And so, yeah, if you sign up for a mailing list, then uh, we'll notify you via email when a new issue is released. Thank you for sharing that. I'm wondering, as I was also, again, listening to you, I wonder if there's perhaps someone's listening to our show and and it's like, oh, I have something that I think um, Dave would be interested in hearing to contribute to the magazine. How would you encourage them to go through that process? Feel free to reach out to us uh, via email. If you go on our website and tab that says staff, You'll be able to find the emails of all the editors, our bios, right? And then just email us. Well, Dave, did you have anything else that that you wanted to share that I didn't touch on? No, I think uh, we had a fruitful conversation. Me too. I'm very, very grateful for your time. And I'm just kind of sitting here like, wow, what freedom to know everything that you shared backs up that it's not your fault. It's a normal physiological reaction to the trauma that the symptoms that your body's showing it. I find that very freeing when I, when I learn that because it just like mm-hmm. takes the burden off of myself. So mm-hmm. I'm very grateful yeah. for, for that. And that it, it's freeing to know that your thought process can heal your physical body to some extent, mm-hmm. you know, and that you're, you are not completely powerless actually against your physiology and your disorder, that your thought process uh, can actually affect your physiology, and not just the other way around. Dave, thank thank you again for being on Conversations That Heal. Email me at susan at conversationsthatheal.com when you're ready to schedule a complimentary 20-minute session with me. I'll let you know 
if I can help you, how I can help you. And if I can't, um, I'll let you know that too. And perhaps we can find some ways that you can get support. Like Dave was sharing, I know that it is possible uh, to heal. I never thought that I would be where I am or the people would tell me I could be. I never believed them because I couldn't see that light at the end of the tunnel. I want to share with everyone who's listening that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. My free gift at SusanJacoby.com, J-A-C-O-B-I, is the 11 Tools for Happiness. Thank you again for spending your time with us on Conversations That Heal. Don't forget to follow us on Conversations That Heal on iTunes. Leave a comment to support us. You can also go to Blog Talk for up-to-date announcements and follow us there. For information on all the shows, visit blogtalkradio.com forward slash conversations that heal. That will give you the RSS feed of all of the shows that we've done. And above all, please remember that you are a lovable and capable human being. Be kind to yourself. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Susan, for having me. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I was afraid my grill wasn't going to make it through the summer. Frank needed a new grill, so I showed him our entire line, including the Weber Genesis and Spirit Lines. Ace is the place that brings you the best names in grills. Literally, brings it to your house after we assemble it for you. Now through Memorial Day, get free assembly and delivery when you buy any grill $3.99 and up, including Weber. Offer valid through May 30th. Free local assembly and delivery must be scheduled with participating Ace stores. Store stock only. See store for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.